Welcome to Photo Mission Exposure, discussing photography, where we talk one-on-one with photographers. Come join us. Hi, I'm Charlene Christie, and I am a fashion, beauty, and runway photographer from Brisbane. Well, Charlene, welcome to Photo Mission Exposure. Thanks for coming in this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Look, I want to learn a little bit more about your photography story. I I take people back usually to when they first had an interest in photography that's either looking at pictures or picking up the camera. Can you remember your first kind of experience with imagery and photography? Yeah, yeah. I remember just being obsessed with looking at photos. My parents had like such a big photo collection and just flicking through and my dad is actually a really good hobbyist photographer so I sort of take after him. So I first started shooting, my mom actually got me a film camera probably in grade three. So I was eight years old. That's very early. Yeah, very early. And I was just photographing my family, nature, just random things, but trying to get it right because it was film. And my mom was always like, this is expensive. Um, Don't just shoot anything. So yeah, I sort of started at an early age and it never really left me that interest and passion as well. It's interesting. I, I always say to people, sometimes photography finds you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. So so that, that's interesting. So th- for that very early age, was there anything in particular that you gravitated to when you were photographed? Was there something that you particularly liked to photograph or just a bit of everything? A bit of everything, but people. I, this is funny, but one of my best friends when we were younger, we used to just photograph each other in these fashion-y, posed, um, oh, I guess we would be like jumping on a trampoline and trying to do like these fun shots. And now I look at those photos and I'm like, that's embarrassing. But yeah, just even looking back and sort of seeing where I started, it's really interesting that I've always gravitated towards people. And even today, I I find such joy in photographing people, so yeah. Yeah, look, and I think that's why people do photograph people because it's always interesting when you can either capture somebody and be able to show them a side that they may not have seen in themselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And bringing out that emotion as well. I think you can pull, as a photographer, you can pull out different emotion and different sides of people that, they might not have seen in themselves. So, yeah, it's pretty... It's, it is. It's kind of like a photographer is a bit like a coach, isn't it? When it's got, you've got a you know an up-and-coming tennis player and they've got good ability but sometimes they don't fully see that and they can show that person things about them that they can't see. As yeah. a photographer, that's what you can do. You can get catch elements of people and then be able to show them those things. Yeah, I love that. I've never really heard of that analogy but... Definitely, definitely. I can definitely see even directing models or, yeah, I guess you're just pulling out that emotion and that different side of them that they might have inside of them that they haven't pulled out before. So, yeah. Yeah. So have you studied in the area of photography? Is that something you've studied or? Yeah. So I studied at QCA, Queensland College of Art at Griffith University from 2015 to 2018. Yes. Yeah. And how was that experience? Was did you did you find that really kept building that fire? Oh, 
Um, it, I really enjoyed my time there. I definitely don't think I would know as much or be at the um, level I am at without going through the training and university. But they were quite a little bit anti-fashion. They were more on the artist. They were more on the fine art sort of side and the creative side, but not so much fashion when I was there. But a lot of students were really pushing for fashion. I was definitely one of them. So, Well, I think, look, if you look at the world, the world evolves around imagery. And, yeah. and a lot of the imagery you see on social media is fashion-based. It's what people are wearing. It's what people are doing. All those types of things. So it is a really big part of life, isn't it, really? Oh, 100%. 100%. So with the fashion type of stuff, I mean, what is there an area of, that you particularly like in the fashion I love just making pretty photos. So that's like style shoots? So you do a style shoot type of thing? Or? Yeah, more editorial. Um, I definitely have more of an editorial style rather yep. than um, commercial. Yep. But I, I just enjoy working with people and making beautiful images and clothes. I grew up a bit of a tomboy, <laughs> which is funny now that I'm working in fashion and I'm such a girly girl now, but... I love clothes, so I really try and photograph things that really reflect me as a person and things that I genuinely love. Yeah. Yeah. I saw I saw a shot that I think you might have put on your Instagram stories when you were shooting. Was it some jewellery and you had the kind of held it and, and you're shooting, I think, the hands up type of thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was over yeah. her face? Yeah, so that was a local Brisbane jewellery designer and that was when I I had shot a lot of fashion but I was sort of gravitating more towards beauty because that's a whole different realm in itself with um, studio lighting and even directing the model because it's less about how her body moves but more about the way she moves her hands and really drawing out different facial expressions as well, so... You've yeah. got a lot more control, like so. I mean, because you've shot runway as well. Yeah. And runway is a little bit like it is kind of rapid on rapid fire. Yeah, you're out of control. The models <laughs> just keep coming. <laughs> I feel out of control in runway, but I love that because I feel like in each sort of what I specialize in, whether that's fashion, beauty, or runway, they're so different that in each element they bring something different, I guess. So with fashion, you're more looking at how someone positions their body and their facial expressions and how the dress sits. With beauty, it's more about their eyes and how their lips are placed and their hands. And runway, it's sort of you're not so much in control of lighting. You sort yes. of get what you're given. So I think having all those skills can really – you can bring that in different areas of photography as well. Yep. I think with runway sometimes because quite often you just have a pool of light where the model's mark is, where the models are going to kind of stop. Yeah. And you've got that very brief moment op- opportunity in time. To, yeah. <laughs> to try and capture shots. And, and obviously if you're trying to capture the eye of the model and there's a heap of photographers in the pit, it's kind of a bit challenging. Oh, 100%. It's a little bit competitive, but um, it's a lot of fun. I, I really do enjoy it. What, what's probably been in the runway sense of it, what's been your most exciting runway show that you've shot? 2017, I got an opportunity to shoot New York Fashion Week. That was really exciting because I was still in my second year of uni. So 
me and my friend actually went to New York just to shoot all the street style. Yes. And it was a bit of a leap of faith because our uni, like I said, wasn't um, so active in um, supporting fashion. So we were like, well, if we need to put our place, um, we need to put ourselves in the right place at the right time. And I guess that was New York Fashion Week for us. And I've never been to New York. So we were just going to shoot the street style and we get there at our Airbnb and we were telling the host at our Airbnb why we were there and we were were like, yeah, we're uni students. We're just hoping to meet some people for connections and also get some beautiful imagery. And they were like, oh, we actually know the producer of New York Fashion Week. And we're like, oh. That's that's, that's the universe looking after you right there. Oh, that's that's God. That's 100% God. Um, But she's like, oh, no promises. I'll just see what I can do. So... We wait a couple of days and we, we're outside of the shows shooting all the street fashion. There's um, a lot of big influences, celebrities. Um, the fashion's just wild. It's so different to um, Australia, all the guests. Like people would just rock up to just be seen and just be photographed by the people outside of the show and they're not even attending. So, yes. But a few days had passed and they got him back to me and they said, okay, the... Um, producer of New York Fashion Week has got a new VIP media ticket so you can go in and out throughout the whole show anywhere you like and yeah that's definitely a gift from God to at least get that opportunity um, of a lifetime. Well that would have been I mean that would have been an incredible eye-opener for you yeah just to be able to see um, fashion at that level Oh, 100% yeah like I said it's like to get that kind of I suppose opportunity in Australia would be very difficult. Yeah. So what did you take away from that experience? What was your biggest takeaway, do you think? I think putting yourself at the right place at the right time and be kind to everyone because you don't know who you meet along the way. A lot of those people that I did meet at New York Fashion Week, I'm still in contact today. I think kindness goes a long way, especially in this industry, because People, those people will still have your back and support you and those connections that you meet maybe later on down the track will come back to you. So, yeah. yeah. There's that old saying about, you know, don't burn your bridges. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I, and I think it's so true because sometimes like, you know, there'll be a situation might happen where there's misunderstanding and you can you can do one or two things. You can kind of just move on and leave it and kind of walk away from that without causing, you know, too much friction because like I said yeah sometimes that person might come back into your life at some point yeah and might have a really pivotal or important role for you that yeah so you want to kind of always be on that on the right side of people and it is a people business it is it's very much a people business I feel like a lot of my opportunities was from meeting people along the way and hard work (laughs) yes so you made some really I suppose good judgment calls going to there and I think that probably like I said has probably helped you set your pathway yeah for the stuff that you've been doing so after you left New York and came back I mean I'm just sure you were kind of like on you know over the moon on cloud nine for a while yeah yeah a hundred percent um I guess going back into uni back into the classroom me and my friend were like did that really just happen did like we didn't really tell anyone as well unless people were following us on social media 
So some people are like, were you just at New York at New York Fashion Week? Because we were like mid-semester as well and we had all these assignments. So, yeah. <laughs> did, that, did that give you any curiosity with, the, um, with your lecturers? Did they say, oh, good on you? Yeah, yeah. Um, a few of them, but like we didn't really tell many people. We weren't really like, we just shot New York Fashion <laughs> Week. Um, I guess to our close friends, but yeah. Yep. So... So coming back from that, and so when did you finish your studies? Was it in 2000? 2000- 2018. Yeah. Um, so because I did go to New York, um, that one semester was like mid-study. Um, so I had to drop, I think, a subject. So I had to catch up the next year, yeah. which I was completely fine with because I guess going to QCA, there's so many benefits like hiring out studio and equipment and I was only in my second year when I did go to New York, so the next year was my final year. And in that year, I was just utilising the studios as much as I can and bringing in models and um, just taking, building up a strong portfolio before I left. Yep. So when you did leave, what what was the pathway? What did you actually do? Um, I actually started interning for a swimwear brand and try to gain as much experience through that internship. Yep. Yeah. Cool. And did that involve creating photographs or styling or what did it Yeah, 100%. Entail? I had to plan all the photo shoots um, for that brand and also sourcing out models, makeup artists, helping with the campaign. So I was doing all the shop imagery for them. But we did have a campaign photographer. So even through that experience, I did learn a lot through um, that campaign photographer. Yeah. Yes. Cool. And, and like I said, that it is kind of a, it's a multifaceted industry because there's a lots of different parts to make it work. Oh, 100%. It's just not like grab a model and this, grab a camera and off we go. It's, it is, it is the hair and makeup. It is the styling and, and, and sometimes the location as well. It's important. Yeah. I feel like if you're a photographer these days, you can't just be a photographer. You have to, also be your own marketer, be your own bookkeeper, no graphic design to some level, also be your own retoucher if you don't outsource it. Like there's so many different elements to photography. Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately um, you know, a lot of um, students of photography learn the, the fundamentals of photography and light and that type of stuff, but sometimes they come out not really prepared for the real world and working as yourself or working for someone to understand the, I suppose, the business side of photography because that's a whole n- another area. Like you've said, you've got to have all these different hats that you have yeah. to wear. 100%. I remember sitting in class and a lecturer was saying, um, there was probably about 30 students in class and um, the lecturer said, look around, in five years, only five of you will still be working within this industry. The rest of you will be doing something else. And in that moment, I was like, that's going to be me. I'm still going to be working I'm in this gonna industry. I'm going to five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And in that moment, I think I really made a decision. Even being at uni, I need to step up. I need to understand photography on a different level. And that is business because it's half being creative and then half running your own business, um, finding leads, marketing, um, social media these days is such a key part. To it's, cha- it's been a game changer. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Because part of it too is you have to sell yourself. Yeah. And you've got to be confident. So you've got to, 
you've got to build that confidence inside yourself so you can put yourself out there and, yeah, you know, come across as like, I can do this. Oh, 100%. Because if you, I guess, especially if you have a client and if you're nervous or you feel not confident in your work that you can achieve this, don't do the shoot <laughs> because it, it'll show. It'll, And then the, your client will also be nervous in your work, I guess. Yes, yep. Was was there a moment with your photography that like the the light bulb moment where you you produced some stuff and you finally kind of thought, I've got this. Yeah. Can you remember that time? Like you've kind of thought to yourself, I'm actually creating really good stuff here. Yeah. I think it was my first year of uni and I didn't know what direction of photography I wanted to go. And I had a beautiful friend with a big afro and she was gorgeous. And the project was water. And we just had to photograph something with water. And um, we went to South Bank Pool and I just got water. I told her to jump inside the jump inside the pool and come out. And there was just water droplets. And um, I was photographing her back and all these droplets off her back. And her face was like um, turned to the side. Ooh. You're right. And her face was turned to the side slightly. So that shot, I think, I was like, whoa, I can actually take a good photo and I love this. There was something that definitely sparked some sort of fire in me to really do and pursue fashion. Yes. Yeah. I think it's kind of people get to that, get to an understanding with photography where you it kind of all makes sense. You can actually take something and photograph it in a way and make it look beautiful. Yeah. It was funny, I share a little story with you. I was um, recently, I had to take my wife to the doctor. She has a bad back, so I was at her back appointment. And I, I know the doctor quite well. Anyway, Jeff, the nurse came in and they were going to do a little procedure on her with an epidural, which helps with her back. Anyway, it was funny because on that exact day we went there, Exactly 12 months before that, we were actually in Italy. And I had a picture on my iPad, and, I, and Jeff loves pictures, and I said to Jeff, oh, this this is what my wife is doing exactly 12 months to the day. And I had a picture of her, and she's actually taking, on her phone, she's taking a picture of the scenery, but I've taken a picture of her taking a picture. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jeff turned around to the nurse and said, see, see, Stephen, he's a photographer. He knows how to make things look interesting. That's an interesting picture. And it's interesting. And I, I never thought about, as a photographer, that's what we do. Yeah. We find a way to make something look interesting or beautiful. Yeah. But really that's kind of a part of the part of the gig. Exactly. So it's interesting when you sometimes someone from the outside, how, how they see photography who aren't photographers, it's always interesting to get their thoughts on what makes a great photo. Oh, I always ask my husband. I'm always like... So with this photo, what do you think? And that's it. And then he'll be like, oh, maybe this or the collar or the hand. I'm like, I did that on purpose. Or <laughs> sometimes he's got really good points that I didn't even realize because I am I do retouching as well. So I'm zooming in and I'm looking at the nitty gritty details. And sometimes, like, sometimes you miss the elephant in the room. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's why I always ask him. It's always good. There's a, there's a technique that I do too, and it's called just you know sitting on an image. Sometimes you'll work an image, and you'll get to a point where you're not sure, so you just close it down and leave it for 72 hours, 
and then come back and open it up again and have another look at it. And it's amazing sometimes when you do look at it again after 72 hours, you start to see the things that you missed. Yeah, with fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. There's, fresh a, there's eyes. a thing called, and it's a well-known phenomenon called store blindness. Oh. And what store blindness is, it's basically someone can go into the same space day after day and not notice there's a big cobweb in the corner or there's a big crack in the ceiling that's been there forever and day, but they never notice yeah. it because it's just they're focusing on the other stuff around them and they just becomes blind to them. Yeah. And it can happen and it can happen in photography as well. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's so important to sometimes, especially with retouching beauty, I might go way too far and I don't even realize until I stop, have a look at it in yep. the next couple of days and I'm like, well, take it's, it back. Because it's kind of interesting in the beauty industry, the beauty industry got kind of a bad rap for body reshaping. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And it was kind of like trying to create this unrealistic portrayal of the models yeah. by going in and heavily retouching them. So what what are your personal thoughts about images that are heavily like reshaped? Is that something you'd ever do or not really? No. So I don't like retouching people's bodies. I like retouching the hair or the dress to make it maybe like pop out a little bit. Yeah. Um, I like retouching skin, but to shape someone's body that it is not them, I don't feel comfortable with that. No, I've, and sometimes sometimes it's the it's the angle they're posed at that if you can pick it up and then reshoot it and move the person slightly. Yeah. You can accentuate people's natural curves Shape. and stuff and yep, shapes and that. Exactly. And the same way too that if you do kind of you can shoot in an unflattering way as well if you're not careful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it becomes a it just becomes a obviously something that you're mindful of when you when you're doing a shoot. Yeah. Do you when you're doing a shoot, just kind of take me through your workflow. If you're doing a shoot, say like a style type shoot with a model. Yep. Um you you've got them you've got your lights set up, you've got your space set up. Are you shooting tethered or untethered? How would you normally I like shooting untethered. I don't like the pressure of having a um people just watching every single shot because I know I'm not always going to get those shots, especially starting out. Yeah. Maybe a few shots in, or maybe if I have a client, I I will on set, that is. But um, a lot of the time, I probably won't unless maybe midway during the shoot, I might introduce my um, tethering. Yes. Um, because then I find the, com- um, the models warmed up. And then the rest of the team, like the makeup artist and the hairstylist, then can then look at the images and really correct that. Otherwise, yeah, I just don't feel too confident. Everyone looking at every single shot, sure. but there's situations. But yeah, uh, you and, do. and that's why I ask because everyone's a little bit different. I I do like shooting tethered. Yeah, from the point of view that because I'm trying to trying to pick up all the detail in the shot. So if there's something you correct, you can correct it. Yeah, Because sometimes on the back of the camera there's a small, there's a bit of hair that you're not seeing yeah. through the back of the camera, but you do see on a tip. They go, oh, I need to fix that Just hair. Just that, yeah. Because it's so hard to fix in post. You've got a, one hair going past an eye or something. It's terrible. Oh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to kind of do that. You don't, it's always like best to fix in camera where you can. Oh, 100%. Especially as a, as a retoucher. So do you do retouching for other people as well or just? No, I used to do retouching for a 
surf brand for all their shop images and their accessories, bags, shoes, um, all that. So that's how I learned retouching. I was self-taught before then, but now I just retouch for myself. Yes, yep. It's a lot of work, especially it's not – I do enjoy retouching, but not enough to pursue it. Um, as, as a Yeah, it, it kind of it, – it adds to what you do. Yeah. Got your own stuff to create because you can, you've got the ability to because unfortunately some things you can't control in camera. Yeah. So you have to do it in post. So and that that's been I suppose the modern advantage of digital photography. You talked about that early time when you know when you're in grade three with the film camera. Yeah. And your mum's saying, you know, don't waste the shots, make sure you take yeah. <laughs> pictures of good things. You had no feedback. So your feedback came possibly a week or two weeks later when you got the film back. Yeah. And by that stage, you've probably forgotten. How you shot it. How you shot it. Yeah. That type of stuff where today we've got that instant feedback. We can look at the back of the camera. We can make an adjustment on the fly and, you know, add an extra bit of light, take some light away, move the model completely, change out something on the set that's just not working. So it's, it's like I said, it's a great time to be in you know, shooting in photography, I think. Yeah, especially learning because any errors that you do make, you can just look it up on YouTube and try and fix it instantly or see how other people shoot all their lighting setups or the way that they edit as well. So, I think to a degree that a lot of photographers have been been able to fast track their skills because of exactly that. Yeah. Because you can go and see what other people have done previously and you can learn from what they've done and you can then basically take some of that and adapt it to your own style because I think that's, you know, everyone does it. They take, you can take a whole bunch of different things from a bunch of different people but put your twist on it. Yeah. Do you find that you've got a particular style? Have you noticed your style? I do. I've definitely had to learn my style, not necessarily learn, but develop my style. I think my style is quite clean, quite minimal, but very dreamlike. Um, some of my images, it almost looks like they're in like a fantasy world sometimes. So um, do you, would you use some like soft focus techniques to soften the images or? Not necessarily. I think that's something I'd do in post. That it has been a shoot, a beauty shoot I've done recently where I actually put cling wrap over my lens and then Vaseline. And yes, that's an old trick. That's yeah. a really, really old film I learned trick. that. I learned that off YouTube. <laughs> so um, just trying to make that even more dreamier. Like, um, yes, yep. But again, trying to do everything in camera um, instead of adding it onto post. Well, I think the thing is too is you can see the result straight away. So yeah. you can make it, you can adapt or change if it's not quite, a, quite working so how much creative like experimentation have you done with your photography? A lot, I feel. I've recently been wanting to experiment more with my lighting. Um, so I bought some gels. I was just going to say you're introducing some gels. and Yeah. So that I think over the next few months you'll probably see that a bit more in my work. Yes. But, yeah, that's a whole other ball game um, to understand. And I'm still trying to get a hang of perfecting that skill I guess yes I think it takes a long long time to actually really get a good handle on being able to modify light and get the results constantly I mean I really admire photographers who can just go and just punch it out shot after shot 
basically can just dial up, get the lie exactly right. Yeah. It, it is a skill in itself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, so so whereabouts, I mean, would you normally be, I mean, I've, you know, this year's been a pretty tough year for all photographers, so there hasn't been too much kind of runway fashion type stuff happening. Yeah. So, I mean, what what have you kind of been doing this year to keep yourself punching along and creating images? I There was a little trend that was going along that sort of came up that was FaceTime photo shoots. So I planned a few FaceTime photo shoots and it was really interesting because you are so out of control in that sense um, because you're shooting everything through your your iPhone and um, having to tell the model where to position the camera. That was mainly during quarantine that I was doing that. Yes. Um, definitely didn't last it. Didn't last because it's it wasn't for me, I guess. But after that, have just been doing more creative shoots. Um, started getting busy throughout the year again, which is amazing, especially after such a quiet period for everyone. Yes. Um, but mainly working with stylists, um, mainly business shots with stylists. Like, like branding type shots or? Yeah, a bit of branding, a bit of building model portfolios as well and just some more editorials. Um, yep. Yeah. So talking about it, that's a good segue because I was going to ask you about um, published work. So have you had some of your images published? Yeah, yeah. So where, where, what type of places have they been published? Um, I've been published both within Australia and internationally, which is awesome and really exciting. Recently was published in Lucy's Magazine and Rush Magazine, mainly collaboration-based and quite creative and editorial, which I absolutely love. So, yeah. And how much control did you have over that editorial stuff? Did you have much control? Was it basically you produced the images and they just put it together or...? Um, yeah, I, a lot of my shoots, I do have a lot of control over more for editorial. I have a lot of control over the creative side, whether that's coming up with the concept, the mood board, choosing the pieces, um, unless we do have a stylist on board. But yeah, I do. I'm a bit of a control freak. Um, I think all photographers are. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, a bit of a control freak as being a photographer, And I guess I know when I see a piece of clothing or a makeup look, I know exactly where that will fit. I know exactly where that will fit within the story. Yes, yep. So tell me with the the stuff that you've shot, have you had um, a shoot that's been challenging for you? Have you had a hard, like something that's just... Yeah, I think every shoot there's always been something. It's never, it never goes perfect whether that's the someone runs late or the the weather the weather is against you or oh the weather yeah <laughs> it's all the things that you can't control but yeah i think that's that only builds that adversity in you and makes you a better photographer yeah well it does you've got to kind of in the real world you've just got to roll with the punches yeah you exactly. really do so you kind of have to whatever's dished out you just got to kind of dust yourself and just keep going forward yeah I have a little emergency kit of like 
sewing um sewing things and yep. scissors and everything else that could possibly go wrong yeah i don't i know a photographer that takes a lot of safety pins with them to yeah shoot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. to some quick you know off camera repairs where you don't see it <laughs> yeah yeah or just change the change the dress tuck put a bit of a tuck in here somewhere and yeah 100 percent. exactly so what's been um up to date now what would you call that's been the most fun shoot that the most fun you've had on a shoot oh there's quite a few I think my most recent one was I planned with um, a gorgeous Brisbane model um, a shoot with Dalmatians yes um, I absolutely love Dalmatians I just think they're beautiful yes. fashionies dogs. was that challenging working with with them with the oh yeah yeah oh yeah um <laughs> the, just because every dog has its own character yes. and personality I guess so the first dog that came in was a smiley dog and this model was giving me like the straight non-smiley sort of expressions yes. and the dog was smiling. It had a gorgeous smile, but... It was the yin and the yang there, was it? Yeah. So I really, um, until luckily I was tethering throughout that shoot because just that extra pressure I needed to make sure everything was perfect. But luckily my assistant um, was like, the dog's smiling a lot. She needs to smile a lot. Yeah, needs um, to mirror, mirror it. Yeah, exactly. And luckily we did have two dogs throughout the shoot, but even that, the dogs didn't get along when they met. So our original plan was to shoot them together, but one dog was barking and didn't like the other dog, so we just had to cut it on spot. Um, and I guess I had to make that call, quick decision. Yeah, this it, it won't work with two dogs. <laughs> yeah. and, and sometimes, sometimes they are the calls you have to make that you have a – Sometimes you can have that image that you visualised in your head that you want to try and create, and sometimes the elements just don't come together. Yeah. As yeah. much as you want it to, but sometimes you – and look, the mark of a good photographer is knowing when to abandon and move on to something else because you can kind of keep trying something and just never get there. Yeah. And you can and, and you can become quite frustrated in the process. Yeah. And I guess as a photographer, you sort of set the tone and the mood for the rest of the team. So. Yes. Well, it does. It kind of, everyone feeds off of each other. Yeah. And you know, like you said, you know, you can get to a point too in a shoot where you said earlier the model warms up and like everyone starts to, you know, it all becomes very harmony. Harmony's flowing and it's, everyone's kind of, you know, really moving together quite yeah. well. And you don't sometimes, you know, it's great when that happens and you don't want to break that momentum yeah that's so important on a shoot to have that connection with everyone on set because yeah. I think if you're trying to get that one shot and you're really exhausting it that's gonna really come out on the images which which you don't want <laughs> no that's it I know you, you mentioned to me earlier uh, before we started the podcast that you'd done a little bit in front of the camera as well yeah so just tell us a little bit about your experience about being on the other side of the lens and how that how you felt about that experience? So I was, I did a bit of modeling just to experiment what it's like to be in front of the camera and I really enjoyed it. I did a pageant just to sort of experiment that side of things, but as well, I did a lot of editorials um, and I wasn't a model for long. I guess I was just freelancing, but with my experience with that, I guess, and, and being a photographer, I learned a lot about lighting setups and how different photographers would direct and shoot and how they would um, sort of 
from the moment I would walk in, how they would make me feel. Yes. Yep. And I guess with my own shoots, I took a lot of that experience. As soon as you meet someone and as soon as you have someone on set, you want them to feel as comfortable as possible. And the way that the photographers would direct as well, I think I've sometimes I wouldn't be comfortable, I guess. And um, even that knowledge and that experience that I learned through modeling, I can now apply to my photography. Yes. So was it interesting seeing the different workflow methods for the different photographers? Because yeah. we all have our own workflow method. Yeah. So yeah. did you just kind of think, oh, I wonder why they're doing it like that? Did you take away anything that you picked up on that and say, that's actually not a bad way of doing it? Yeah, yeah. I think I was really interested in photographers' lighting setup. And I guess I wouldn't really say I'm a photographer too, unless they really asked what I did. Yes. But everyone does it different and that's okay. And that's it, it's unique to their own work. And I guess looking at their portfolio, I was really inspired through that. And yeah. Yeah, like I said, well, that's that, that's what makes, I think, photography different is that, you know, you could get the same model the same set, bring in five different photographers and they're all going to produce five different types of images yeah. just the way they light it. Exactly. Because there's that much control you can have with the light to, to basically put your little stamp on it. Yeah. Like you said, like you're just going to start experimenting with a bit of gel and putting, yeah. putting some of those warm colours in there. and Yeah, even the lighting or how they direct the model and how they – first introduce themselves because I guess if you're on the other side of the camera, that's that's quite intimidating to some people. So, Well, especially too, if the model hasn't worked on a set with lights, yeah. that can be quite... Blinding. <laughs> daunting. Um, because the other thing too is aren't those type of sets can become, they're quite busy. There's lots of trip hazards and... Yep. Everyone's touching you. Yeah, everything's like, you know, and sometimes sometimes the sets aren't super big. So like I said, yeah, there is people rushing past and yeah. bumping stuff in and bumping stuff out of the out of the image. But yeah. Yeah. So that can be quite daunting. So it's always good, I think, to to let the model know what's gonna be happening and keep them in the loop so they just know there's no kind of surprises that you know, that all this stuff's gonna happen and this is kinda of how we're gonna do it and you know. I think that's so important, especially there's a lot that can happen on shoot that um, a model might be like, oh, I'm not comfortable with that. And a model needs to have that confidence to say no to some things. Yes. Like, and look, a lot of the younger models, they do struggle sometimes to be able to to voice that, that, that there's something happening on the set, then just not. 100%. So they're kind of, you know, not sure what, what how to deal with that and, and I suppose a good photographer will actually see the model should be able to pick up the fact that the model's not looking comfortable and be able to say do you need to take a break what are we you know what's yeah. happening just to kind of give them some space because sometimes that's all they need they just need a bit of a break just a little breather yeah, yeah. just just to kind of reset and, and I think that's so important and especially if someone is under 18 for my shoots I ask bring bring a friend bring a parent because at least then they, they can feel comfortable. Got a support person. Support and as well, you just don't know sometimes. You might have never met the photographer or the people on set. So just it's important for accountability and it's important for them to be safe if they're underage. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think well, one of the challenges I think working with um, models is 
the it is a workplace. You know, a set is a workplace. Yeah. Same as if someone's working at McDonald's or they're working in Target. You know, there's a certain amount of kind of way you would treat someone. Yeah. And, and sometimes you see on sets that people are some people are treated people a little bit less than what you would normally see in a normal situation, which is not really acceptable, really. No. No, not at all. So it's kind of sad. So it's it's good to have that, like I said, going for the mindset, you know, what you're what what you need to do as a photographer and what direction you need to give. Yeah. And the where it, I suppose where it pays dividends is in the results you get from the models. Yeah, exactly. You know? I think that's important to set that standard as a photographer because you're sort of leading the team in that sense. So if things aren't on, call it out. Be like that's that's not nice. That's yes. not kind. Yes, that's Don't right. Don't do but, that. <laughs> and, look, and and again, again sometimes like I said just some ideas just don't work, so you just have to change direction and yeah, you know, just exactly. say, say this is not working here. We're going we're going to do this. Try something else. I feel like usually in those circumstances, when things aren't working, you try something different, and that's the shot. That's, yes. Yeah, and that's that's the that's the hero shot, I guess. Yeah. yeah, and and it's funny because a lot of people, you know, sometimes when you've taken that shot. When yeah. you see it on the back of the camera, you kind of look and go, yeah, that's that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a kind of a funny feeling. There's a few photographers said to me they do their little happy dance. They've got these little rituals they do. Yeah. They oh, yeah. I got, pump, I got a little pump happy dance. <laughs> little. Yeah, little jig. That, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, I've nailed it, I've nailed it. And then you can't wait to get home and get it onto the computer and. They're the best kind of shoots. Yes. When you when you want to do it straight away because you know you've that's got some, you've got something really special that you've captured and you've been able to yeah yeah you want to better get in there and have a look at it. So you've um, recently there's been a couple of awards that you've actually picked up as well. So you want to just kind of expand on about those awards and about maybe some of the images that got you to that point. Yeah, so I recently got a award from Women in Fashion um, for Freelancer of the Year in Brisbane, and that was presented by Winter Garden and the organisation Women in Fashion. So they invited me to the event yes, and to take a few photos if I wanted, which I did, but when they actually called out my name, I sat there for a moment and I was like, hang on a minute, they talk about somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that was really exciting. I think, I'm not sure how I, how they selected me or why, I guess, um, this year has been up and down for everyone. Yes. Um, The start of the year, I had a billboard in um, Adelaide Street where Chanel Beauty now is. um, And that was for queen's plaza um so that was such a big up and then i got married in february and my husband and i were um traveling to philippines vietnam and then japan for two weeks yes and while in japan we were meant to photograph um japan fashion week and that was cancelled so there's been a lot of up and downs um because japan would have been insane to shoot um, yes the fashion's just wild. It's it's. They do beautiful. have some really. They do have some really interesting fashion. Oh, I love it. Yeah, we were really looking forward to that. So, um, it was cancelled a week before. So that yeah, and look, it's been a tough year, and like I said, for so many creatives, and it's kind of like you thrive on that stuff. That's the stuff that basically you live for. Yeah, 
Exactly. But you just got to persevere and keep going. So... So what was that second award? There was a, there was a second award as well. So Yeah, so that was for the IBI Beauty Awards and that's um, an international award. I believe it's based in New York. That was a shoot that I did a couple of months ago, um, but that was mainly um, for beauty. But our photo was selected in the lip series. So that was um, a few shots I did where we got creative and we actually got um some cake decorations um these silver little cake decorations and stars and chucked it on the model's tongue and did these macro um shots which were really really fun and interesting to get because um especially being a model when you have something on your tongue you're trying to pose you have to get it really quick so yeah I think that's that's the interesting thing. So it kind of demonstrates, even though in in the area of beauty, that you can actually be very creative and experimental oh, in 100%. shots. There's, I feel like with beauty, it's so much about the details, and it's so much about um, not just like the portrait shots, not just like the portrait shots, or um, you can really get the like zoom in into the eyes and just have. You're just shooting that one eye for 30 minutes or however long um, just to get that shot. Um, yes. But just changing up the makeup looks is always really fun. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think of that shot that you're talking about with the um, the lips and the tongue. It's one of those shots when you first see it, it stops you because you're trying to work out. You're trying to, you're thinking what's going on here. Yeah. And they're great shots when you can stop someone because the, the problem today is there's so much imagery every day. You scroll through Instagram or Facebook and there's just image after image after image. We get image overload. Yeah. And sometimes it's always refreshing when you see something that stops you. But you, oh, you're just pausing you. and you just go, oh, okay. Yeah. It's exactly. kind of becomes, it's almost like it, that's kind of like getting into the art, realm of art. Yeah. And I guess that, that sort of ties into um, when I studied at university, we were um, – having to do a lot of those images, which which at the time was a little bit frustrating because I really wanted to do fashion, but I guess incorporating that now into my fashion, um, yeah, like you said, uh, images are so saturated these days. So if you can have a different point of view that makes you stand out and make people stop, that that's awesome. Well, that's the thing, that, and that's what probably as a photographer will get you noticed, that people will, will remember that image. Yeah. And and that's exactly. the thing. So I mean, when you think about thousands of images everyone sees probably daily, because people don't realise like you're driving in your car and there's there's these images on buses, on billboards, there's there's images everywhere. Yeah. So you're getting bombarded with these images. So it's so hard to get that kind of cut through image that that does have that kind of wow factor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you sort of start discovering your style and for for instance, I was in the city one day and I I love this photographer, female photographer called Nicole Bentley. And she she's done this shoot with Kelvin Klein, I believe it was, or it was Bonds, one or the other. Um, but I could I was driving past and I knew that was her shot. Yes. And it's just the way that she shoots and the way um she edits it. Um and those sort of shots just make you stop. Because they're so eye-catching and as soon as you sort of find your style and find that way that you sort of perceive a situation and capture it in that way, 
yeah, it's really fun and interesting as a photographer. I think so. Look, it, it's really interesting. You kind of know you made it as a photographer when someone recognises your shot from just the shot. They see the shot and they can basically work out who the photographer was. Yeah. It's kind of, like I said, takes sometimes people a long time to get to that point. Yeah. But you see it all the time. So sometimes I've seen a shot and I go, I bet that was taken by this photographer and then turns out you know, it normally is. Yeah. Because you just see that kind of, yeah, the elements of the style. It could be the, the angles that they kind of use a similar angle when they shoot each time or the lighting's a particular way or the, yeah. or the tone exactly. of the shot. Yeah. What do you think with monochrome? Do you think it still has a place? Do you ever shoot monochrome in any of your work that you do? Not really. I'm I'm really drawn to colour, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you like that pop? I love that pop. Um, a lot of my images that are, might be like quite muted in the background, but there'll be a pop um, or a sense of pop throughout my images, whether that's pinks or purples or reds I really gravitate to. And I guess it's cool to scroll down Instagram and sort of see, oh, I do have a bit of a style or I do gravitate towards this sort of colours and images, yeah. Yeah, sometimes so you'll definitely see the colour palette that yeah. some photographers will, will work within a certain palette of colours yeah. that they're comfortable with because they kind of know how to, I suppose, bring the best out in those colours. So that yeah. just takes, you know, experience and time and that type of stuff. Yeah. So, Charlene, is there something that you have now know that you wished you had known when you first kind of started getting into photography? Is there something that you can think, oh, geez, I wish I had known that five years ago? I think... If someone told me five years ago, something that I know now is to learn business. Um, I think that's really important because it is half photography, probably 30% photography and the rest is all business. Um, So I think if you can learn business and understand it, it'll it'll help you so much in making a career um, in photography and have fun with it. Have fun during... um, have fun during your journey of um, creating images and meeting people along the way because this isn't a job for someone that doesn't don't doesn't have a passion for photography because yes. you're just going to die out. That's that's right. If you don't if you if you don't have that if you don't have that creative passion, you'll soon put the camera down. Yeah, it's the reason you pick the camera up is because you you want to go and create something. Yeah, exactly. And 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 each day like. Every day is a new opportunity to create something new that you haven't created before. Yep. So. I 100% agree. Whether that's the lighting or you're walking down the street, you see this beautiful flower and you're like, oh, how do I incorporate this into um, a shoot? I always yes. carry a, um, like I was saying before we, we started this, um, I always carry my Canon G7X Mark II with me. Yes. Um, just so in case I see something, I can just quickly get a snap. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And more so than your phone because a lot of people would be gravitating to to pull their phone out and just take a snap. But you like using that camera because it gives you a bit more control? Um, I do. I, I think I'm used to having a little camera with me because since I was young, my, my parents always gave me a little camera. So I've always never really lost touch of that. The iPhone, I think, is an awesome tool. Um, the quality of it these days is really awesome, but there's something 
I feel like I just can't edit it the way I want to compared to having a natural camera. Yes, and it's funny, I was having a conversation with another photographer the other day and we were talking about when you pick up your phone and you take a picture, it pretty much lives on your phone. Yeah. If you take it on a camera, whether it be a little compact Canon like that or a DSLR or a mirrorless camera, chances are you're going to import it onto your computer. You're going to probably bring it into Lightroom and do something. And yeah. Then that then that image is going to live in your digital library where you archive stuff. So you've kind of probably going to be able to recall that image at some point in the future, whereas some, something that's taken on your phone quite often never gets backed up or... Yeah, exactly. Ne- never gets printed. Gets so, lost between all the screenshots that it, people take. Exactly. Well, it just gets in the camera roll there and it's just kind of, you know, thousands yeah. of images. But there's ch- more chance once something goes on a computer that someone will actually print it as well. Yeah, exactly. And then images take on a new life. So have you, much of your work goes into print that you've printed yourself or get printed? or I used to. I used to love seeing my images in print because it's, it's like... It, it's um tangible. Yes, you know? it's a, it's tactile. Yeah, um, and I guess when you print an image, you can see so much more of like the color or um, the little editing mistakes. When I was printing um, a few years ago, I used to at the, my first year of uni we did film, so I used to love developing my own film and um and playing around and cutting up my images and. Um, instead of cropping digitally, it was more, yeah, I guess more tangible, which yes, I loved. Yes, And I think that's the, the thing that a lot of photographers these days don't print it probably as much as they'd probably like to because of various different reasons. But a prints do take on that whole new element. Element. Yeah. And I think I like about print is that, you know, you can hand someone a print and they don't have to open up a screen or you can, you know, plug it into somewhere to see it. It's just there and I think too as you move it around with the ambient light where you are, that can actually bring out other elements in the image. Yeah, Well, you don't get that on a screen because the screen's pretty much flat. You're not kind of grabbing the screen and kind of twisting it around. To, yeah. And then if you did, the, light, the light's coming from within the screen out, whereas on a photograph, the light's falling on the image. Yeah. It's not coming out of the image, so it creates those different, yeah. that different feel to it. Yeah, I love going to um, art museums or um, photo galleries or photo exhibitions and having a look because it's so different to seeing it digitally because everything that we see these days is so easy to access. It's all on the phone or all on computer. So I guess, yeah, seeing it in person, there is that different element to it. Charlene, where, where would you like to see your photography go in the next few years? What are your kind of hopes? I just want to get better. I just want to continue to improve. I guess there's no set direction necessarily. I I guess with my experience so far with photography, I've things just sort of pop up. And so opportunities basically just come your way basically. Yeah, 100%. A bit, bit, bit like the yeah, the early days with the New York Fashion Week. Yeah, um exactly. Earlier this year I got a chance to um, work with an influencer and Dior and 
that was insane. I, I wasn't expecting that, but I jumped on that opportunity because when Dior wants you to work yes. with them, <laughs> you work with them. Um, yes. So with that, we, we got to go in store and choose whatever outfits. Um, I guess we got to style however we wanted and walk around Brisbane City and photograph that, which was crazy. So I, lo- I love Dior's win- window displays. Oh, they're beautiful. Fantastic. They're beautiful. So they, they use a variety of different techniques. Sometimes like the mannequins aren't full mannequins. They're coming out of the wall and yeah. really crazy stuff, which is really cool. They're really cool. I do a lot of street photography in Brisbane and I do love shooting store windows. Yes. And sometimes I'll use the store window as a backdrop for the street photography. So I'll, I'll actually find something that I like and then I'll just wait for people to come into frame and I'll shoot people walking through the frame. Ooh, I love that idea. Yeah, so so the idea is basically like I said, yeah, it's, it's kind of connecting sometimes because you, sometimes I'll be watching for someone walking and I'll be waiting for someone with a particular look will dress the particular way that I want to get into that frame and take the shot. Yeah. So that's where, like I said, yeah, so yeah, so when Dior say, come and work with us. <laughs> yeah, that, that, so like opportunities like that, sometimes you just, like that's a connection I still have today, which is good. So to, I guess in well, you front, kind of build that, you build that, I suppose, contact list yeah, of people. Exactly, and those people, it's sort of like a 380 sometimes, you just meet them at different situations or different runway shows or you're on set on the same set or events so I guess in five years I just I just want to get better as a photographer because there's always room to grow there's always new things to learn always new camera gear lighting gear yeah I guess that's what's so interesting about photography is sometimes I'm like oh I feel like I'm I'm really good at photography and I've done well and then Something sometimes I just hit a wall where I'm like, no, I just got to keep getting better, got yes, to keep yep. growing, and I, I, you never stop learning in photography. You always there's always new stuff to learn. There's always new techniques to learn. Yeah, and there's new opportunities to come with gear. So, what what's your current kit? What's your in your camera bag currently that you take to a shoot? So I have the um, Canon 5D Mark IV. I usually shoot with a 24 to 70, yes. sometimes 70 to 200. Yep. And that's all I really have. Um, oh, I do I do use um, Profoto B10 for yes. my lighting gear and the A1, whether that's on camera or off camera. Yep. So I actually don't have much, but what I do have, I can I still feel like I can achieve what I want to achieve. But yeah, still learning and developing along that along the way. Yep. I think that that's a fairly that, that's the type of kit I'd probably expect for the work stuff that you shoot is, is absolutely perfect that, you know, the, the, the 5D4, it's a 30 megapixel camera. So there's plenty of resolution there. Yeah. You've got the, the 24 to 70, which is, gives you that wide to medium. And then the, you know, the 70 to 200, yeah. which is one of my favorite lenses. I just love that lens for the depth of field compression. That's oh, beautiful. You know, even the bokeh, at two point, it's a 2.8 lens, but still I love that soft. Yeah. I think Bokeh. I definitely need a prime in my kit. Um, yeah, a prime. A prime is I know some other fashion photographers they shoot they, they particularly like the eighty five mil one point four. Yeah, it's a popular lens. So again, it's a lovely bit of. I think that um that lens is awesome for street photography. I like to. I've had a bit of a play around with it, and 
yeah, I, I I think that would be the lens I'd definitely gravitate to, or the fifty. Yes, fifty mil. Yeah. yeah. Are you looking at any time in the future, maybe crossing over into mirrorless territory, or you're still happy using your DSLR at this stage? I think right now I'm comfortable to learn a whole new system. Maybe, maybe. I, yeah. I guess I, it's something I've definitely thought about over the last couple of years, but yeah. I just haven't committed. Yes. Yet. We were having a bit of a chat before we started the podcast about some of the new technology of the eye tracking. And, and that's definitely for some of the stuff that you do, particularly runway work and stuff like that. It's a game changer. The eye tracking is <laughs> a really big advantage. Yeah, and that's it. That's that's why I've been thinking about it for so long. But I guess camera gear is so expensive and worth it because you make the money back. But, yeah, it's a bit of um, a commitment to change all your gear over, I guess. It is. It is a big – it is a big – changing systems where – you know, if you've got a good collection of lenses and then you have to start replacing them with, with other lenses, it becomes a really yeah, expensive proposition. Yeah. yeah. And it's work as well to try and sell them. Yes. Have them all cleaned and everything. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Charlie, where can people find you if they wanted to have a look at some of your work? Where, where are the best places to, like on the socials and stuff like that? You're on all the usual places or? Yeah. So mainly just Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram, my handle is Charlene underscore Christie. On Facebook, it is Charlene Christie Photography. Excellent. And do you have a website at this stage or that's not? Yeah, I do have a website oh, cool. and that's just Charlene Christie. Just charlenechristie.com.au or just .com? Uh, just .com. Just .com. Cool. Yeah. So people can jump on there and have a bit of a look at some of your work and your images and yeah, get hopefully get some expires. And I mean, I think it's always great seeing someone young like yourself actually being able to get out there and actually make a bit of a name for yourself and start to get some accolades of people recognising you with, with some awards and that type of stuff and oh, opportunities you. coming your way. So Yeah, it's yeah, very look, exciting. Thanks. Look, thank you for coming in and sharing some of your story and I'm sure that you're going to be around for a long time as a photographer. I've got, you know. hundred oh, percent. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> that, that uni teacher challenged me. So. Yeah, I'm going to be one of those five. I'm going to be there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Look, thank you very much again. And like I said, people can jump on, have a look at your um, – and we'll put them on the show notes. We put all the links and everything to your um, socials and that. Thank you Awesome. Thank you so much. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Photo Mission Exposure. If you liked the episode, please leave a comment. Also, you can follow us. Don't forget to tune into another episode soon. Thank you.